Amen. 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 Praise God. I believe in the God of miracles. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you, Sister Sabrina. I'm going to share with you this morning, uh, as uh, Brother Troy shared last week, I am also not Bishop Brian. Uh, that's probably pretty clear. Uh, my name is Eric Handy, so I'm going to share with you a little bit this morning. Wow, we came for a worship service and a sermon broke out. Praise God. Thank you. I almost don't need to say anything, but I got a few things, so you can, you can be seated. I just want to thank uh, my armor bearer this morning, Brother Chandler, and... Uh, <laughs> And we, have a, we actually have a whole team of armor bearers. There's about 10 of us, and if, if you're not familiar with this ministry, uh, and I'm, I'm actually part of that team, uh, this crew works with the speaker to help them make sure they have everything they need uh, in terms of uh, drink of water afterward for, for dry mouth, uh, props. None of us use props in this church, so everything's, everything's fine. Uh, and so I, I really appreciate that ministry. I'm uh, blessed to be part of it for, for a long time. And it turns out that this is not actually a, a new uh, ministry. Let me just read you something from 1 Samuel uh, chapter 14. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read it to you to, to, to kick this off. This is 1 Samuel 14, verses 6 uh, and 7. Earlier this year, Bishop talked a lot about uh, your staff and who's on your, who's on your team, who supports you. He talked about David and Jonathan being... Uh, being almost like like brothers, uh, what I didn't realize that was that was that Jonathan had his own armor bearer, his own support. So this is what uh, it says in First Samuel. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, "Come, let's go over to the outposts of these uncircumcised men. He's they're, they're fighting against the Philistines. They were always fighting the Philistines." So let's go over to the outpost of these uncircumcised men. And you have to understand that in the Old Testament, to call someone uncircumcised was kind of like you're saying your mama. It was like, it was, just, it was insulting, right? So perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead. I am with you, heart and soul. That's the kind of friend we want, amen? That's an armor bearer. What was really uh, noteworthy about the armor bearers is that not only in this case was the armor bearer uh, a good friend, a fellow uh, warrior of Jonathan, uh, but he helped carry Jonathan's weight. He would carry the shield and the sword. He would carry uh, all the things that Jonathan needed to carry into battle, but freed up Jonathan so he wouldn't have to do it. Amen? That's kind of like what our armor bearer ministry does here. That's why I want to talk about this morning. Uh, the armor bearer in First Samuel is actually a good picture of what God wants for the church. So in Romans, uh, Paul writes that Jesus died for us at just the right time. It says, when we were still powerless, 
Christ died for us. We had nothing to offer him. We were, we were weak. So uh, maybe you can't see this, but that's kind of the point. I have a, a balloon here, uh, and it's empty. It's, uh, and this is kind of where God uh, finds us. This is where, where Jesus meets us. At this point, when we're empty and we have nothing to contribute, we can't please God. Uh, there's, there's nothing in us innately that pleases God. This is when Jesus died for us. Uh, what what the, the writer says, what Paul says in Romans is sometimes someone might give up their life for a righteous man, maybe even for a good man, but no one sacrifices themselves for an empty balloon. That's my paraphrase. And so Jesus did two things in, in dying on the cross for us. He made a way for us to be right with God, and he gave us a remedy for emptiness. So we're going to play a little game now. This is, this is, this is back and forth time. I'm going to, this is called the uh, abbreviation game. So I'm going to read you an abbreviation, and you tell me what it is. Amen? So we're going to start easy. I think you'll recognize these. We're, we're, we're going to start easy. USA. Good, so you got it. All right. PT. And I'd have been a little worried if you didn't have that one, because that's where we are. IDK. There we go. All right. GTHI. Oh, you don't text. I see. Oh, someone wants spiritual. I heard something about God. This is, this is all texting lingo. This is glad to hear it. So now you have a new uh, piece of vocabulary for your texting. So I better just skip this next one. R-O-T-F-L. Okay, good, good. And L-O-L. Excellent, excellent. What about H-E? <laughs> Excellent. So in chemistry, H-E has a certain, has a certain meaning. Look at this one. It has a certain meaning. And so God doesn't leave us empty. He gives us a way for it, us to be full. And so now, when we're full... This, this, is, this is strong, right? It's not floppy like my old balloon. Now it's full and strong. The agent and us being full, thank you, sir, is the helium, for which the symbol truly is H-E. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about helium, and it's convenient because it also can be pronounced he. So he... like the Holy Spirit, is noble. In chemistry, helium is referred to as a noble gas because it doesn't react with much. It's very happy just being helium. It doesn't need to be helium X or helium Y. It's very happy being helium. I see all the chemists nodding. Yes, yes, yes. It's also non-toxic. It's safe to be around. And these are the characteristics that the Holy Spirit gives to us when we get saved, when we become Christians. No longer an empty balloon. 
We're knowable now. You read in Galatians about the, the fruit of the Spirit. That's just a fancy word for saying this is what the Spirit produces when he's inside of you. Love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering. So he's a noble gas. He's also non-toxic. He's safe to be around. You can let your feelings be exposed to the Holy Spirit and be safe. You can let your guard down with the Holy Spirit. He's, he's safe. And perhaps what, we, what helium is most known for is that it has lifting power. So actually, let me have that back again. So not only is the balloon full, but left to its, on its own, it would fly away. Amen? But you see that this balloon is having some issues because it's still here with us. It turns out helium is so, has such a low density that when you let it go, it actually just, just flies away. It's, it's almost impossible to reclaim it from the air. It's, the volatility is so high. I didn't know where helium came from. I assumed that we just pulled it out of the air and you went to Party City and you got your helium tank. Well, it turns out it's a lot harder to get than that. Uh, it's about 10,000 times more expensive to get helium that way than to get it the way most uh, companies do. And that's as a product of oil drilling. It actually is produced by the decay of rock. The rock had to die for the helium to be released. There's no Holy Spirit for us if Jesus does not die. But this guy is stuck here with us. Why is that? Because if I cut this, he's gone, right? He'll just, he'll just float off to space. And it's tough to understand because you think, well, I'm, I'm following Jesus now. I'm noble. I'm non-toxic. I'm full and strong. Why am I having difficulty getting to the Father? Why am I having difficulty living a holy life? Why do I have these hang-ups? Uh, last week, uh, Brother Troy talked about it, addictions. Uh, why do I have these things that, that hold me back? And so you look at what Jesus says in the Gospels. We can go to the, the, the next slide. There are three Gospels, and if you're not familiar with the Scriptures, there are, there are four Gospels. Three of them are referred to as synoptic, which means they, have, they come from the same perspective. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are referred to as uh, the synoptic Gospels. So let me just give you a quick uh, paraphrase. This is what Jesus says about when you come to him, it's, and it's, it's awesome. He says, uh, he's talking to the disciples, he says, whoever has given up home and family and friends and whatever you've given up to follow me, you'll get back more than you gave up. That's good news. And this is a paraphrase. If you go to that scripture, you'll see it's written a little bit differently. But you'll get back more than you invested. So it's good to serve me. Matthew, again, these are the synoptics. They all kind of come from the same perspective. Uh, Matthew says, you will follow me, will sit on the thrones like me. At least the twelve and receive a hundred times as much as you gave up. And this is probably familiar to you. A hundred times as much homes and families and Toyotas and everything you gave up, you get a hundred times as much. Now, he's probably not speaking literally, but he's, he's saying there's a reward from you in this life and the life to come. But Mark, 
Remember, Mark is one of the synoptics, which means Matthew, Mark, and Luke come from the same perspective. In fact, theologians think that Mark was actually the first of the Gospels written, that the others sort of used uh, his Gospel as a reference point, which is fine. And they're all referencing what Jesus said. But Mark has another piece to his testimony. Next slide, please. This is what he says. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters, mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Just like Luke and Matthew said, right? Homes and brothers and sisters and mothers, children and fields, along with persecutions. <laughs> it's almost like it's kind of buried, like maybe, let's talk about the, the blessings, along with persecutions, and in an age to come, eternal life. It's like the fine print, right? When you get a legal document, right? It's like you got to read it all, all the way down to the bottom. Or my favorite is the, um, some of the, the, the drug commercials. <laughs> I think you've seen those commercials where, you know, someone's running across the field. And I say, oh, I took drug X and life is good, and the guy at the end says, you know what, this may cause your head to swell to about this big and turn purple, but you will breathe so much better. <laughs> and, but you have to listen to the fine print. So what Jesus is saying here is, you're gonna get all these things, but in this life, there may be persecutions. So his intent is, it's, is to not have his people be blindsided. You live in a fallen world, a world that's hostile to Jesus, hostile to me. So you're going to face persecution, like this guy. One of the things you find, unfortunately or fortunately, serving the Lord is that there are many blessings to serving the Lord. We're full and strong. We're not this anymore full and strong, and we found that the Holy Spirit has lifting power that brings us closer to the Father. And yet, sometimes there are strings attached. That's the title of my message today, Strings Attached. The word persecution literally means to follow after. It's, it's that thing or that set of circumstances that and it's just it's just behind you all the time, you feel like you just can't shake it. That's literally what persecution means. It's something that comes, uh, comes behind you. And Jesus was saying, expect this kind of thing as you walk with me. Overall, it's a tremendous experience, but don't be surprised because we live in this fallen world if there are persecutions, if there are strings attached. Sometimes you can deal with things better if you know it's coming than the, than the blow you, did, you didn't know was coming. So let's go to Hebrews. And we don't really know who wrote the book of Hebrews, but we know that he was writing to a, a persecuted people. And he's saying, don't give up. That is, that is essentially the condensation of the book of Hebrews. Stick with it. Jesus gets it. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. And what the writer of Hebrews says in this passage is that Jesus went through what we go through. And that's how he can relate. Now, one of I ask, why would even Jesus have to be persecuted? 
Let's just read what's here in, in Hebrews 2. And it's, again, I, I've, I've condensed this a little bit. Uh, it's not the, fur, the full seven verses of 11 through 18, but I think this captures the point. Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers, and he's talking about us. He had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he may become a merciful and faithful high priest. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So some really interesting points in there. Jesus had to become a merciful priest. There was something that he could not do simply being God. He had to experience the human experience to be merciful when we come to him. Would you turn to your neighbor and just tell them, Jesus gets it. The things that you're dealing with, Jesus gets it. Because he's been there, done that. So he gets it. Even Jesus was persecuted. So to become a merciful priest, to be the kind of God who can speak to the Father on our behalf, who can be patient with us, who can be helpful, he had to go through the same kinds of things that we did. Now, I looked up the word tempted because I've read this for years and never done a deep dive. I just assumed tempted meant being drawn to something sinful, which it can mean, but when I looked up the original uh, Greek word here, it at first wasn't particularly helpful because it went to the Greek word and then it said it means tempted. I said, well, I, I kind of knew that. Thank you. <laughs> and there's some other words that said, you know, maybe to examine or to test or to assay. I thought, you know, that's just, it's just not helping me. So I dug a little deeper to see uh, what the root of the word was. If you can go to the next slide. And the root of that word is actually to pierce. Jesus knows a little something about piercing, amen? Have you ever felt like life wanted to burst your bubble? That just wanted to pop your balloon and have you give up on God. That's what it means to be tempted to deal with persecution, to deal with the things that come behind. And so this is what's so powerful about Jesus' ministry. In his death... He makes a way for us to be redeemed, for us to have access to the Father. But in the process of what he went through, he becomes a merciful priest so that even after his resurrection, he can relate to us in a way that he could not before he came. Amen? This is not the only place where we see this in the scriptures. So let's take a, a quick look at some other scriptures on, on uh, identifying with others in their difficulty. So this is God speaking to the, uh, the Israelites. Uh, you can go to the next slide. Uh, when he's giving them instructions for them to go into the promised land, he says, don't oppress an alien. Uh, because once, you guys were aliens in Egypt. So when you get settled and a foreigner comes in, don't oppress them because you know what it's like to be oppressed. This is next one. Is, next is Jesus to the 12 disciples. Whatever good thing you did to one of my brothers, you did it to me. So Jesus recognizes, he identifies with those who are in need. He says, I want you to do the same. Whenever you do something good for one of my brothers, you did it to me. 
This is what he says to Peter. It says after he's been resurrected and um, ready to go back to the Father, he's speaking to the disciples. He said, if you love me, take care of my sheep. Isn't that interesting? Usually you say, if you love me, this is what I want you to do for me. If you really love me, these are the things I want you to buy for me. But Jesus says, if you want, if you love me, take care of them. That's how I know that you love me. Let's go to the next one. To husbands. Now we're getting deep. Love your wife like your own body. Will I get brownie points for that? Absolutely. But this is, this is deep. See your wife as an extension of your own physical body. Love your wife just like you take care of your own body. Amen? Quiet. There were no amens on that one. <laughs> Identify with other people. Identify with those who are in need. Identify with aliens who come amongst you. Identify with your spouse and treat her just like you would treat yourself physically. And then to the church. This is what Paul says. Participate, this is my paraphrase, in the highs and the lows of others. So grieve with those who grieve. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Last year, my brother sent me a a newspaper article. It's written by a woman named Anne. And Anne had been badly burned in a a fire. Uh, It was in her home. She was uh, cooking hamburgers, I think. It was, a, it was a grease fire, and those are particularly nasty. And she's cooking uh, in the pan, uh, the fire ignites, and then as she's trying to move the pan, the fire spreads, um, and without going into too many details, she was fairly badly burned. Um, and so she writes this article uh, for her local paper, uh, and she it's basically a big thank you note to her community of heroes. That's the term she used. So if we can go to the, the, the next slide. These are the things that, that she thanked people for. So we're going to make this practical, all the ways that we uh, identify with others and can support. So some stabilized her, nursed her wounds. Now, obviously, those are people who have medical training. But there are other people who, who called her husband because she was not, he was not home created the puppy. So this is not all deep. It's just looking at someone else's need and saying, I can help with that. I'm not a physician, but I can put a dog in a crate just to stabilize the situation because she's at home by herself with the kids. The fire breaks out and she's got a challenge. Open the doors and windows. Let the air in. Sat with her sons. Cleaned the grease. Did acts of kindness. Called and sent cards to her. This woman is my brother's wife. She's my sister-in-law, so this was personal. But I was so touched, so moved by the article that she wrote, thanking all these people in church and neighborhood and town for all these very tangible, practical ways that they support her. They looked and saw that she and the family was in need, was facing challenges, and came to support. Amen? Let's go to the next slide. These are some of PT's heroes, people that help create a a caring community here. So we have uh, up the top, it's a fairly new group called the the A6 team, named after Act 6. Now these folks 
uh, take care of practical needs uh, that, that uh, people might have in the congregation. There's a marriage ministry, men's and women's ministry. Uh, maybe you or others connect with just a ministry team. It's not a, a team that's necessarily set up to provide care, but because you are part of this community, uh, you can provide assistance, you can receive assistance. Maybe you connect with a small group or Stephen Ministry, uh, which provides uh, more long-term uh, chronic support. So we can create a caring community just like the one that Anne had. Amen? Let's go to the next slide. It comes down to this. And this is uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. This is what Paul says. He says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. My translation, when we help others lift their weights, we're operating just like Jesus. Because the Greek word for carry literally means to lift. So if we can help lift other people's burdens, this will fulfill the law of Christ. So like Jesus, we can sympathize with the burdens of others uh, because we have our own strengths, amen? We have our own challenges. So just like Jesus uh, endured difficulty uh, and now is able to see ours more clearly, uh, because we've been filled, we can now look at others and see their challenges and uh, address them. And since the Holy Spirit is lifting us to the Father, we're also able to lift others through our character because the Holy Spirit is knowable and we are now knowable because he's non-toxic. We're non-toxic. Because he is patient and loving and long-suffering, we are patient and loving and long-suffering. In all these ways, we can support people in need. We want to create a culture of care here. I like to think, think about it this way. The Holy Spirit gives us a certain character. He also gives us spiritual gifts. All those gifts, the gifting is for lifting. It's not just for performance. It's not even just for the, for the one with the gift to enjoy. The gifting is for lifting. So this is, this is really the heart of a caring community. And I have a different kind of balloon here, a little bit bigger. I like this one. It's, it's nice and reflective and, and, and shiny. And a caring community reaches maturity when I can look into someone else's life and see my own life reflected back at me. That's when we're reaching maturity and provide support. Now, this single balloon here is still struggling. He's, I mean... You can see the balloon just wants to go, and it's, it's the string, and it's the, the weight that's, that's holding it down. And this is lock, like a lot of us in church today. So he's struggling. He, he's, got ten, he's in tension. He wants to go, but the, the weight, the persecution, the strings attached are keeping him down. Thank God he's got a church. And what we find is that if you've got some others with you, hopefully this works, that together we can approach the Father.
Woe to the man who's all by himself. So this is my charge. So if a challenge has attached itself to you, like the string, still rising, take the other end of the string and attach it to somebody else. Attach it to a prayer partner. Attach it to a small group. Attach it to one of the, the ministries that I, that I mentioned. Attach it for one of two reasons, or perhaps both reasons. Attach it because you need help. There's a cartoon I like, and I don't remember the context, but it says, you know, there's a certain amount of pride in being a self-made man, but if I had to do it over again, I'd get a little help. So attach the other end of your string, the string that's attached to you, to someone else. Maybe because you need help. Maybe because you can give help. Either way, if I look into someone else's life, I see that they've had similar experiences. Maybe I come to them because I can give them help. Maybe I come because they've been someplace that I am, and I think I can receive help from them. Sometimes God's promises come with a catch so that we can catch somebody else. That's why there's the string. So this is what I want to do. If you could close your eyes, bow your heads. Maybe you're here and you are the empty balloon. And all this sounds good, but there's no Holy Spirit inside. There's no, there's no helium inside. But God has made it easy for us to be Christians. This is what the Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 10. And it's really powerful because the Apostle Paul himself was a persecutor. He was one of the, the chief attackers of the church. But he said, this is how you become a Christian. This is how you start a relationship with God. He just says, tell God that Jesus will now be your Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you'll be saved. So maybe you're here and you say, I'm, maybe things are going well in life, but based on what you said, I am still an empty balloon. The Holy Spirit doesn't live inside of me. I want to soar. I want to, I want to excel. I want to be close to God, but I'm, I'm not there. If that's you, everyone's eyes are closed and, and heads are bowed, would you just slip up your hand? I would love to, to pray with you whether you're up here in the sanctuary or perhaps in the lower auditorium. And I can't see who's in the lower auditorium, so this is what I'm going to ask of all of those who are here. There may be someone downstairs that we can't see. There may be someone here who just didn't want to slip up their hand. So we're going to all pray this together. Can we do that? So I'm just going to pray, and you can repeat after me. Amen? Father, I admit that I am not yet a Christian, but I now believe that Jesus died for my sins and that you brought him back to life so that I could become your child. So going forward, 
Jesus will be my Lord. And I know that I am now a Christian. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. If you pray this prayer, you're now a Christian. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you, like, like, the, bill, like the, uh, the red balloon. Uh, downstairs, lower, lower auditorium, there's a table that we call the Spice Hub. Uh, so at that table, uh, we would like to get to know you. We'd like to meet you. Um, perhaps you're watching this on the live stream, and you'll come another time. The Spice Hub will still be there. Um, and we have some materials there that we'd like to give you to help you start uh, on your walk with Christ. Amen? Now, it may be that most of us here are already full balloons. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside. Uh, but some of us may be still in a place that I described at first, uh, where uh, trying to fly, I want to fulfill my calling, I want to explore my spiritual gifts, but there's stuff, there's persecution, there's things holding me back. There are weights. That's what, that's what burden means. It really just literally means a weight. They're holding me back. And I want to pray for you as well. And then there may be some of us that are flying, taking off, walking out God's call in our lives, discovering our spiritual gifts, things are going well. But you say, you know what, I've, I've been through some places, and some of the things that, that I've experienced and some of the giftings and insights that I have, those might be useful to somebody else. I'd like to let the catch that was in my promise catch someone else. So I want to pray for both, both groups right now. If you, again, close your eyes and let's, let's pray. Father, we pray for those among us that are, that are burdened. Uh, they're, they're a full balloon. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside doing great things, but just kind of still on hold. Uh, not able to, to excel in the ways that, that they want to. Maybe they're facing medical challenges or financial challenges or just don't have peace, just frustrated, Sister Sabrina said, just stuck. So, Father, we are praying uh, that you would provide relief, that you would surround uh, them with, uh, with others who can help them lift their burdens so that they can get to where you are, they can get to fulfilling the call that's on their lives. Father, we also pray for uh, the full balloons that are already flying. They're already soaring, but they're realizing, you know what? I've got some things I can contribute. I've got some things I can give back. Uh, I can teach. I can listen. I'm, I'm good with pets. I can create a puppy. I can, I can cook. I can clean. Maybe the Lord has given you the ability to, to prophesy, to, to give words of encouragement. Uh, so, Father, we are praying for, for that group as well, that you would help them to plug in, to connect uh, to PT in all the right places um, so that they can be a blessing, enjoy being used, uh, and see their gifts come to, uh, to full fruition. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to leave two thoughts with you, and the Lord really kind of set me free from, from some things uh, with this sort of analogy. He said, he, who is the Holy Spirit, like our helium-filled balloon, just needs the balloon to make the invisible God visible. 
there's some things that I don't need to worry about. I just really need to be the balloon. And, and my role is to make the invisible God and all the things that he wants to do for other people visible so other people can see this God. Because you can't see the, the, the helium in that balloon. And when we connect to one another for God's kingdom in this way, we'll make him LOL, laugh out loud with joy. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Stop and go.